Welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan with Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some excess baggage, so stay with us until the end. Corrine, all I have to say is, opa, because... (laughs) You did the thing. I did the thing, and I'm headed to Greece in August, so... so exciting. And in true, true Teresa fashion, this is what the time frame will look like. I will return on August 22nd and leave on August 23rd for Chicago for Asta. Perfect. You should be nice and alert. Yes. I am just not going to stop because <laughs> if I do, I think I might just take a nap for two days. Yep. Wow. So what is the trip like? How long are you going for? Um, it'll be a little over a week. So I'm doing a mix of a, like a land tour. I found like a really great guide on tours by locals. Um, and then we're doing like, I, I, want, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but Meteora. Mm-hmm. The monastery is like on those really tall, yes. like cliff like things. So that's been on my list for a really long time. So it's going to be a few days of doing that and then ending the trip with a few nights in Santorini, just in a villa, relaxing a little bit. And I guess I have to make myself relax because it's just going to be a turnaround time of less than a day before Asta. Yeah. Well, I am really struggling. I keep going back and forth with booking Greece or just deep diving into exploring Mexico. And, you know, last week we were, I think it was last week, we've been talking about Greece a lot, but um, we talked about how it's a a business decision. Mm -hmm. And I had to ask myself, okay, truly, if I go to Greece, will I get inquiries? And am I ready to book them? And I'm not sure. I'm really struggling with that. I'm not sure that I am ready to start committing people to going to Europe yet. I want to. Like I want to from deep in my soul, but I, if I'm thinking logistically, am I really ready? And I do have something booked in Italy for October. So it's interesting. There's already been uh, Lufthansa canceled their flight. I had to reaccommodate them on AA, which actually worked out better for the client, but they're not super happy with the layover. And so that is the question that I'm asking myself. Is it really a good business investment if I'm not ready for, or do I think my clients are going to jump on the bandwagon to go to Europe? So, will you eventually be ready though? Will you oh, eventually, eventually of Greece again? Yeah. So that is where I am wanting to go to Greece now versus mm-hmm. waiting later on. Because yep. if people are reaching out to me to book Greece, I'm not expecting them to say I'm going to do it in 2021. I'm expecting them to say, okay, this looks great. I'm going to do it in 2022. And I think as advisors, we all know the benefits of going to a destination that we sell because prior to COVID, I did sell a lot of Greece. So for me, never having been there, I'm just like, okay, I just want to go there. So I kind of get a good idea. So I sell enough of it to want to go there. You are really, yeah, you're selling me. We're eventually going to sell it. You'll be able to grab a lot of content for social media. Yeah. For your blog, for your website. Whatever it is, exactly. So you can hold on to that and use it later on to market more heavily when you're ready to book clients to go at that time. So, um, you know, there is more availability, 
less people. And so I feel like the summer is going to be a good decision for a destination like that. Teresa, do you want to come work for me? <laughs> You're really selling it. <laughs> I mean, I am in sales. <laughs> and, wow, and talking that's... about like Mexico or Greece, as they say in Mexico, porque no los dos, just do both. <laughs> <laughs> and I live here, so I can really yeah. do quite a bit. But well, that's some food for thought. Um, before we jump into our discussion this week, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. Um, let's do this one from Ken Shapiro at Travel Age West. Um, his article is an editorial and it's titled Travel Advisors Need to Highlight How They Protect Customers. And I know you had a really recent yes, situation. <laughs> and I think well, a lot of our listeners will be interested to hear about this because it is an important thing to consider. Yeah. Um, and yesterday was one of those days where I started to question my life choices. But, and it goes back to the same thing I just referred to with my Illy trip. However, we, a lot of us are getting quite a few last minute all-inclusive requests. People want to go, they want to go now, but the airlines are all over the place. And I unfortunately just had to write an email informing my honeymoon clients that JetBlue canceled their return flight and the options to extend or get a new flight were both very costly. I was luckily able to arrange with the supplier to offer a full refund, but that was not guaranteed up front. And there's something that we all need to think about now, which is that even though we're buying a package through a supplier, the supplier isn't responsible for the airline canceling flights. So the supplier and the, and the resort or hotel are not obliged to waive penalties because of the airline's actions. And so that gets really tricky when we are selling to the, to the consumer, they're buying a package. It is all inextricably linked. You know what I'm saying? And if we can't deliver said package or a reasonable accommodation, I think that they are going to expect a full refund and I can't blame them for that. So now mm -hmm. I'm really struggling with how to get in front of this for these people that want to travel right now to communicate the risks but also let them know you're going to have these risks no matter where you book. But at, as, at least if you book with me, you have a fierce advocate in your corner. Um, I may not be able to get the exact desired outcome, but I have a better shot with my relationships and with my expertise of getting us as close as possible. So the article is kind of talking a lot about how we need to remind our clients that by working with a travel professional, they will have a true advocate. And my personal input on it is also explaining to them that there are some risks and we may not be able to wave a magic wand and make those risks go away. So it's a struggle. It definitely is a struggle. And I find myself doing this often and you know, with inquiries coming in, I've had to tell a few people listen, your dates are not realistic. So for example, I had an inquiry for Japan for this August. Hmm. And no. the, exactly. And not only, 
you know, with the travel restrictions, but the Olympics will still be happening in August in Japan. And they're not allowing any international travelers in unless you're going to be part of the games. So, you know, that in itself is not a possibility for them to go. So that in a way, I guess, is how we can also protect our clients by telling them this is the reality of the situation. Like, I would love to book you, but you will either not be able to go or even if you do go, I don't know what's going to be open to you. So just explaining to them, giving them the expectations of, you know, what could potentially happen um, if they were to travel sooner than it's recommended, um, you know, that alongside with here are the cancellation policies, here are your travel insurance, you know, options and stuff like that. You know, it's, we have to do a lot, even pre-COVID and now where we are now in protecting our clients' time and investment, really. Yes. And I feel like as we go along, and I'm hoping this whole mass airline schedule change and cancellation thing will settle down a little bit. But for right now, I honestly was asking myself yesterday, do I want to turn away business that wants to travel in the next few months to avoid the nightmare of these possibilities happening where, you know, JetBlue just changed the flight to the following day. And I didn't even know yet. I happened to check on my own. Now, the supplier assured me today that even if the resort had a penalty, they would talk to them, they would work on the client's behalf. Um, But again, the bottom line is right now, traveling is risky. You are risking some financial loss. Um, So even if the person had canceled for any reason, cash back insurance, which these people didn't, it's a voucher, but it worked out. But even if they had cash back, they would still be out the cost of the insurance, right? And so a client may not respond very well to that when it's completely out of their hands. And the problem is, from the consumer perspective, is if it's not my fault, someone else has to be responsible. And when you have air and you have resort and you have insurance, it's like, who, who has to take responsibility? They're going to look to us at the end of the day. So... I think the point is, is we have to find the balance of not scaring the heck out of the client, but still making sure they understand the risks involved of traveling at this time when things are bonkers and also communicating how we will advocate for them to the end of the earth if that should happen. But we may not be able to fix it for you because there are things that are outside of our control. Like, you know, I can help you, but I may not be able to, but I'll definitely do my best. But, you know, it's it's communicating that. So I'm going to be actually doing some brainstorming later of different ways to say those things, some phrases, some sentences, just to sort of get a vocabulary in my brain. And then, of course, I'm probably going to create some sort of an email template that will get, get the wording started for me. And then I can sort of tweak it based on the situation. Yeah, that's a good idea. And yeah, and (laughs) it's definitely something that we need to think about. And I know um, before we start recording, we had to think about things like this, like pre-COVID, you know, Mm -hmm. we had to deal with different issues pre-COVID. We had to deal with different issues like during COVID and then now post-COVID, there are new problems we have to think about and try to solve or try to find ways to mitigate. So 
If you guys didn't already know, I think we are all superheroes. So yeah. Amen. And that's the thing too. I find myself, there was this t-shirt I saw forever ago, years ago that said, I am a travel agent. I solve problems you didn't know you even had in ways you can't possibly understand. And if that is not the truth, there are things my clients don't even know they had a problem and they'll never know as far as I'm concerned. Yep, exactly. Because I just screamed and yelled and clawed my way to the resolution uh, without them ever being aware of the situation. No reason to scare them if I can just get it fixed. Exactly. And I feel like I've learned how to be more assertive. And, you know, sometimes when we send out emails and messages, especially I think as women, we kind of like, hey, I hope you're having a great day, you know, I just wanted to bring up like this and this and this. And there are certain times now where I just go right on in, no fluff. I'm like, this is what I need. But obviously not in a mean way, but more like, hey, this is not what was booked and I need you guys to fix it. This is the outcome that we want. So this is the only acceptable outcome. You have to say exactly, (laughs) exactly. So I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but I was working with a client who had Air Canada tickets. And I think I told you about mm-hmm. this client and he was just flight only, which is why I don't do flight only anymore. I did charge him a fee and it was, you know, to go to Japan last year. And when all the U S airlines were refunding canceled flights due to COVID Air Canada was not. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling him and I think it was like about $4,000 worth of um, flights from Air Canada. And when I had talked to him and told him the situation, he was like, well, if uh, if I had known that Air Canada was not going to be under DOT rules, you know, I would have made a different decision back in February. And I'm like, listen, if I had known the details of the situation, like I would not have booked this flight for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like yeah. I wouldn't even have done that. So went through so many different avenues to try and get him the refund. And I was just like, just be patient. You know, they do have a voucher for you that does not expire and it's fully transferable. So just keep on waiting. They might change the rules later. I'm not sure, but at least you still have your credits. You didn't lose this money. And sometimes he would call and be like, any updates? And I'm like, no, like I told you, I would send you a message if Mm -hmm. there was an update. And so sometimes he would call and he like, he'll be like, Hey, so how you doing? The travel agent who has all my money. And I'm like, dude, I don't have your money. Yeah. And so a couple weeks ago, Air Canada decided to reverse their decision. So they are refunding their flight that were canceled by COVID. Mm -hmm. And note, I had, on behalf of this client, filed a complaint to the DOT in Mm -hmm. their air consumer division. And nothing really came out of it except for Air Canada saying, we got the complaint, but we're not doing this right now because we're offering a voucher. But at least it was somewhere in there. So when Air Canada reversed their decision, I was so happy. Like I did a little jump, a little happy dance. I emailed the, the client. And his response back, I thought he was going to be so excited to get $4,000 back. His response was, thank you for the update. Um, This is just going to be credit on my card. Can you have them mail me a check instead? Not even like a thank you. Not even like, oh, you did such a great job. No, 
none of that. And I'm like, nope, this is the only way you're getting a credit back on your card. Send a message to your credit card company and ask them to wire you those funds. And that was it. And I'm like, bye. That's it. Yes, nail me my gold star. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and don't call me ever again. <laughs> So long story short, we are there to protect our customers in ways they will never know. Yeah. Never know. Yep. Well, let's move into some more fun news, right? Um, this one's still kind of boring, but but a move in the right direction. And an article from Afar called CDC approves at-home COVID tests for international travel. I thought this was super exciting when I well, saw this. And this do, is actually... Yeah. <laughs> um, this was shared. Um, if you guys listen to our episode with Allie Pierce, um, with Allie Abroad. So she has a newsletter out and she also shared this as well because it's super exciting. So, um, what date on May 7th, the CDC stated that international air passengers traveling to the U S can use a self test sometimes referred to as a home test. And so this article gives like a list of, um, criteria that the test must meet. So it needs to either be a viral antigen test or a nucleic acid amplification test, um, aka PCR test. Um, it must have emergency use authorization from the FDA. The testing procedure must include a telehealth video call during which someone authorized by the manufacturer supervises the testing procedure. And the telehealth provider must issue a report confirming the patient's identity, the name of the lab or healthcare entity, the type of test, and the specimen collection date. So what's important about this is um, it's a lot of tests you have to mail it into a lab. So if you are in the U.S., that's fine. However, if you're traveling internationally, that could be a problem. You know, you're going to mail always the U.S. for a test and have them mail it back. That does not make any sense. But there is a test by Abbott called Binax Now that does not require you to mail the specimen out to a lab. And this article details it. Um, there's a pack of six for $150. So it can be something you take on your trip with you as part of your packing list <laughs> because that'll make timing things so mm -hmm. much easier. And 150 for a pack of six, that's like what, um, $25 for each test. Am I doing this right? Yeah. Yeah. Four, yeah, yeah, 25. <laughs> I'm not, math is not my strong suit. <laughs> I mean, it's all whole numbers, so it should be easy. So it's $25 for each test, which is way cheaper than what I've, I've paid internationally. Um, for a test like this and you can do it on your own time and you can schedule a telehealth person to do everything that's required of you according to the criteria that the CDC needs for you to return back to the US. So potentially I might order a pack of these and take them to Greece. I mean, it's it's just one less one fewer obstacle in the whole process because you're mm -hmm. traveling. It's one thing if you're going to like an all-inclusive where they have it on site. Yeah. But if not, then you have to figure out where you're going to get the test. And it makes people nervous not to know exactly where they're going and what the process is going to be like. So it really is a perfect solution. I'm sure we'll see more neat things like this in the future to just make it more and more easy to deal with this 
sort of annoying step in the process. I was just, I was doing a consult call yesterday and she was talking about, she was in the DR shortly after I was, and we were joking about that, that moment when you take the test, that, that moment where you're like, Ooh, what if I'm positive, you know, and all of the possible scenarios run through your mind. But luckily, uh, well, I know yours in Aruba took, you had to wait for results, but in uh, Dominican Republic, we got them while we were sitting there and that was so nice just to be done with it. Mm-hmm. So Great. this sounds like it will just process it while you wait as well. And you can feel confident that you're good to yeah, go. Yeah. So um, the way this test works, uh, it was it's described as being very similar to a pregnancy test. After 10 minutes or so, the results pop up in the reader. And yeah. then you hold it up to the camera during your telehealth call to verify the results and then you can upload those results to whatever airline app or wherever you need to upload them for your trip back to the U.S. Yeah, that's how the one that I will have to get, I'm going again on Monday because I'm flying back to the U.S. to get my second vaccine shot. Um, he just sat there with me in his little office while it processed and then he picked it up and showed it to me and said negative. Very much like a pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like all you need for this is a solid Wi-Fi connection so that you can do your telehealth call and make sure everything is verified and you're good to go. Easy enough. Perfect. So our last article, also by Ken Shapiro. This is Ken Shapiro Day from Travel <laughs> West. Ken Shapiro Day. <laughs> I'm going to tag hey, him in Ken. this episode. <laughs> um, and it's, as clients seek sustainable tourism, advisors should look to adventure travel. Do you still have a lot of adventure travel, Corrine? uh, I don't. Well, I mean, no, I won't say I I sell a lot. I think a lot of people that go on these all-inclusive packages are asking me where can they go ziplining and things like that. So it's like uh, with a a touch of adventure. (laughs) Um, And then I do get a fair amount of Costa Rica requests, and they're kind of looking for something a bit more adventurous. Mm -hmm. What about you? Just the nature of the general age range of my clients, which is millennials, Gen X, um, they do try to go for more adventure. But I want to point out it's more soft adventure, like zip lining or easy hikes or, you know, snorkeling. But um, one thing they do touch on in this article is that um, adventure travel typically has something to do with nature, like you're out in nature somehow. Um, but I know some people might think like adventure travel is, I don't know, skydiving or bungee jumping, whatever it is. Uh, but part of it is what Virtuoso is calling a trend, um, this trend called the conscious comeback. Mm-hmm. And they state that in general, adventure travel takes us to places where nature is essential to the experience and it values meaningful encounters with local communities over purely commercial relationships. And yeah. that is something that's super important to my clients a majority of them, not all, but a majority of them want to have some kind of authentic experience, detail, you know, something like that. Um, or they feel like they are visiting someplace different versus like being at an all-inclusive and staying at the resort the entire time. Um, you know, they want something where they feel more immersed. Non-cookie cutter. Yeah. And the article also mentions how uh, pre-9-11, like, previous generations, 
all of your status symbols were things like Cadillacs and boats and, you know, very material things. And then after we experienced such a tragedy, people's life goals kind of evolved and experiences and memories and things like that became more of the status symbol. And we certainly see that on Instagram, right? What you're showing mm-hmm. off usually yep. is where you are, what you're doing, what you're eating, the experiences that you're having, not like, hey, look at my new car. I see that occasionally, but it's mostly that's bragging rights, right? Is where you've been and what you've done. Yeah, the hot air balloon ride in Cappadocia and Turkey or something like that. Something that is unique and that not a lot of people typically do. It's like a contest now to do something no one you know has done before and show it. Yeah, or be the first. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, set the trend. You know, I do have a client. She's always coming to me. She's like, you know, I have a friend who is in Hawaii right now, and I really want to go to Hawaii. Is it a good time to go? And she wanted a quote from like a few different places. And she's a really great client of mine. And I, you know, obviously humored her and sent her like a few different destinations, but I knew her heart was in Hawaii. So I worked the hardest on that one, Mm -hmm. but she uses where her friends have been to decide where crowdsourcing wants to go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And all of us want to be the one who, who everyone wants to do what we're doing, of course. Um, another quote from the article was saying, too, regarding going back to 9-11, after such a difficult time during which we all witnessed so much suffering, travelers want to see their vacations become something positive for the world. And just like you said, linking adventure vacations are usually very nature inspired. Mm-hmm. Those are t- tend to be the, the travelers who focus on sustainable travel, focus on... Um, you know, not leaving too much of a mark where they've been. And I think the point of the article is that we are going to see a lot more emphasis on this. So we need to be ready to to sell these adventure, which are really more like sustainable travel packages. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the social aspect is also something that people really are drawn to. Um, Like, you know, we stayed at this one boutique hotel owned by a local family or we Mm -hmm. ate at this one restaurant where, um, you know, the owners are fifth generation, whatever, and this has been in their family for a while. So the social aspect of bringing up the community in which they're visiting and benefiting from also benefits the local people there. So I think that's something that, that I think personally for me, that's what I try to go and discover more of whenever I travel. Um, So being an anthro major in college is just like something that I'm like kind of interested in um, everywhere I go. But with, I think this was a trend pre-COVID, but with COVID happening and people kind of reassessing their priorities, this might be something to read up on a bit more. Yeah. Now that we're talking about it, I feel like maybe Fathom was just a few too many years ahead of its time. I had the pleasure of going on two fathom cruises and I absolutely loved it and couldn't figure out why it didn't catch on. It was too early. Yeah. (laughs) Before it's time. (laughs) All right. Are we ready for some quick headlines? Oh yes. Okay. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to travel weekly, Sandals will open its Barbados resorts this week. 
They also report that Anguilla's borders will reopen on May 25th following a closure to manage a cluster of COVID-19 cases identified on April 22nd. Once it reopens, the quarantine period for fully vaccinated travelers, which is those who've had their last dose of vaccine administered at least three weeks before arrival on the island, will be seven days. Travel Pulse says that Carnival Cruise Lines hopes to operate up to four cruise ships this summer if the industry can get approval from the CDC. Carnival said its plan is to operate Carnival Vista and Breeze from Galveston and Horizon from Miami. Further, if a solution is found to allow cruising in Alaska, Carnival Miracle will assume some of Carnival Freedom's departures from Seattle. All other Carnival cruises through July 30th have been canceled. Another article from them says that according to the J.D. Power 2021 North America Airlines Satisfaction Study, passenger satisfaction rose 27 points to 819 on the thousand point scale over or year over year. The jump was driven by an incredible 47 point increase in customer satisfaction with cost and fees as most carriers issued travel waivers allowing passengers to change or cancel tickets without penalty. Travel Agent Central reports that Norwegian will name its new ship Norwegian Prima, launching in summer 22. The 3,215 passenger vessel will be the first of six ships in the line's new Prima class series. Another one from them says that AAA expects a significant rebound in the number of Americans planning to travel this Memorial Day holiday weekend. From May 27th through 31st, more than 37 million people are expected to travel 50 miles or more from home an increase of 60% from last year when only 23 million traveled, the lowest on record since AAA began recording in 2000. If you book Hawaii, go check out an article from Travel Market Report called What to Expect Booking Hawaii from an Advisor in the Know. Since April 5th, 2021, all Hawaiian counties allow qualifying travelers to bypass the mandatory 10-day quarantine with a pre-travel COVID-19 test. Kauai is now allowing travelers and residents to waive the quarantine again. Travelers age 18 or older will need to complete the Hawaii Travel and Health Form. And one additional restriction for Maui County visitors is downloading the Aloha Safe Alert app or enabling Google Apple exposure notifications. They also report that the Travel Corporation is opening up its extensive destination management company portfolio to other travel companies and businesses to White Label and Taylor. And last, good news from afar, Italy signals it will reopen to foreign travelers in mid-May. The Prime Minister said the country is gearing up to have a health pass ready later this month that will facilitate travel to Italy ahead of Europe's June reopening target. And that's it for Excess Baggage. Just a reminder that all the articles we referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tim Lounge. We'll link those in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments or just want to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at the tinlounge.com. We'll see you next week. Bye! Like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.